This is Story You Talk Radio, and I am your host, Coach Debbie. And I'm here with you every Thursday at 4 o'clock, and that's Pacific Time Zone. And if you're listening live, we are on the Eastern Time Zone at 7 p.m. It is always wonderful to spend this hour with you. Thank you for reserving the time to spend it with me. I was thinking today we could talk about the fact that I believe, and I know I want you to believe, that your book is a gift to the world. I was actually going to bring you a different topic today, but I did so much journal writing about this the other day. I just I switched my, my mind to this about, oh, eight minutes ago. <laughs> so we're going to talk about this because it's just been on my mind a lot, and, and it's been something that really makes me happy. I think uh, my new my new students and clients are informing me about this idea of how much they're writing, what they're doing is just such a big, beautiful gift to the world. And when I say this, I'm including Heather, who is writing a book that will change the lives of women and how they relate to their body. I'm thinking of Scott, who is writing a book, and it will change the life and the identity of how we come of age. I'm thinking of a book by Rob and how it is a collection of stories that will change the life of people that have done a lot of thinking about what their purpose is and how they may have started relating to their purpose back in their young years in the military. And let's just also include Rebecca, who is writing a book with this, oh man, you guys are going to love this book. She has an incredibly lyrical, beautiful way of telling story. And I can't give away the topic right now, but I'll just tell you this, it's going to really help you think about family values. It is a gift to work with these people and because of them and because of how they elevate my life, I just wanted to talk to you about the fact that you are likely on a very similar path. You are likely compiling your stories, your ideas for a book that's not only changing the way you relate to your life, but will change the readers that pick it up. It will change the community of people that will decide to make it the focus of their book club. It will change the educators that see the value of bringing it to children and young adults. My goodness, it will change the world. And you want to be thinking about that when you think about authoring a book. It's not that your goal is to change the world. It's that that's the result. That's the result of you showing up and doing what you're great at. You don't have to make it a goal in any way, shape, or form that you are going to change the world. You just have to make it a goal that you want to write this book, that you know you have a great theme going on, that you believe in your stories, and just by doing that. And I would advise getting some mentorship along the way so that that book happens in the next six months or the next year or the next two years because, well, if you're like me, uh, it, can, it can easily turn into five or 10 or 20 years before anyone gets to see what you're up to. Get a little mentoring. And what you'll find is that this idea you had for your book was really a beautiful and wonderful offering to the person sitting next to you, to small communities in your area, to larger communities. It is a beautiful offering to the world. Join that. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that today. 
I have some people that wrote in recently, and I'm going to read you some excerpts of letters, and it will tie into our topic today. If you have something you want to talk to me about, always feel free to send me an email. I am the only person that has access to this account. And the email address is askcoachdebbie. So just make that all one word. Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. Askcoachdebbie at gmail.com. And like I said, I read what you've got. Sometimes I only bring a paragraph or so of that to the airwaves, but usually it's because it was a darn good paragraph, and that's what we want to be focusing on. But sometimes I read the entire letter here. If you don't want me to, just say, you know, this is just between you and I. It has nothing to do with your radio show, and I will completely honor that. But it is great to get your questions because it inspires me to keep on teaching, to keep on offering this show. It inspires me to know what's on your mind and how you want to grow. It helps me know what you've been working on. And it helps me create my next offerings. Speaking of which, I have a beautiful offering going on right now. If you're listening to the live show, I am offering on October 14 and 15 of 2021 in the Northeast Seattle area, a workshop retreat. And this is, this is different than many, many writers' retreats that people go on because most of those are workshopping your beautiful writing. And their, their goal usually is to get you into writing for hours at a time with some coaches and tutors standing by to help and all of that. And that's, that's wonderful. But that's not what I'm offering. I'm actually offering something that I just so desire. So I went and created it. <laughs> I went and created this retreat because it's what I want. And typically, the people that follow me want things that are similar, if not identical, to what I want. And this is a retreat where we start with the break, or you could say we start with dessert. We start with luxury. We don't jump in full steam ahead and find our way into working around the clock and writing all the time. And it's just not my style. My style is more about finding out how your brain works observing yourself in moments of meditation, getting into back-and-forth dialogue with me and the others in the community so you really hone in on your style and you start to see that it is by honoring your style, it is by honoring who you really are and the stories you really want to share that allows you to complete your book. Most of the people I have worked with, whether it was at the college level, whether it was through one-on-one -on -one mentorship, most of the people that did not get to a, a point of completion, and, and many times, just in case you didn't know this, as much as 15% of a college course, 15% of students will drop. That is not unlikely. I used to take it very personally when anyone would drop my class. But those are very common numbers. 15% of people that start do not finish. And the reason? They don't see how to finish within the parameters they're believing that they have to work with. Usually it's a lot of rules that they believe are essential. And so what I'm saying when we come on retreat is, let's start by relaxing. Let's start by looking at how is it that we are, are learning. 
Because some people learn by setting a timer and writing and going for it, while other people, they learn by putting on their sweats, going for a walk in nature, bringing their phone with them so they can record what they're seeing. They have a much more audio, talking, speaking, recording way of capturing their story. It all has to do with the way that your brain is wired. And once you get into having a relationship with your own wiring, you really start to feel that the stories you want to write, the book you have on offer, it truly is a gift to others. And you can do it your way. You don't have to do it the ways you think others have done it. Stephen King is someone who has been very public about the idea that he he has often written all day long, day after day after day, that the book just pours through him. And he works as like this vessel of writing it all down. That's not the most common way that people write. But because someone so prolific as Stephen King has said this out loud, and the book he has said it in has sold literally millions of copies, those of us that read it think it is the way. It is his way. It is the way that honors his brain. And your job, your job is to start to observe you. And I like to guide you through this and help you facilitate this so it doesn't take a year or two to figure it out. We can usually figure it out in 30 minutes or an hour. But we figure out how your brain works with writing. We figure out what your style of writing is. So you can do it your way. And you can work with your calendar. And what you find is that in 90 days, half a year, for some people, one year, for others, two years, the book is done. But you got to do it your way. And that's what's really, really important to figure out what is your relationship. If you can commit to that, you'll know your book is a gift to the world. Why don't you think about that while we take our first break here? Don't go away. We're going to come right back. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Lisa Downs, host of Reigniting You, the show that takes a positive, forward-looking approach to mid-to-late career transitions for Gen Xers and Boomers every Wednesday afternoon at 3 o'clock Pacific. Whether you're looking to stay in the traditional workforce, do your own thing, or retire or semi-retire, Reigniting You is your source for career transition advice, inspiration, and insight for what's next in your career and life. Join me Wednesdays at 3 o'clock to get re-energized, recharged, and reignited. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about something really, really important here, and that is the fact that your book is a gift to the world. Uh-huh, to the world. If you think about how big and how awesome that is, I want you to then just step into the idea that you don't have to make it a goal. It just is. Your book is a gift to the world, and the people in the world get to decide if they're going to engage in that gift or not. It's almost like this. Let's say you were someone that created banquets of beautiful, bountiful foods, right? You were back there in the kitchen. You were were the person that goes out. You buy the food. You plan the menu. You make the food. And then you pour out the smorgasbord of a buffet for the world to come and indulge in. Now, probably in the back of your mind, there's this thought that not every single person on the planet is going to make it to your buffet while the meal is still hot. But 
the invitation is to everyone. You exclude no one from coming. And whoever decides to show up gets to indulge in this bountiful meal that you have created. They get to take from the meat aisle, from the vegetable aisle, from the loaded up yummy carbohydrate aisle. They get to go down whatever aisle of the smorgasbord you have prepared for them. It's all up to them. But here's what you did. You put out the invitation that dinner was on. And you know what? Your book is just like that. When you know that your book is a gift to the world, anyone can show up, pick it up, and read it. Anyone. And that's the beauty of it. What you also want to understand is that because you have been so thoughtful and so focused on writing the book that you're dreaming about, you have attracted the people that need to read it most. And you know who doesn't really need to read your book? Those nasty old critics. They don't. A couple of them usually make their way to it. But they don't really need it. They're, they're in a category all by themselves. The people that need to read your book are following the message of your book. All right? This is very, very important. There is a message that you are conveying in your book. And if you are with me as this show opened up, I just put out my thank you to four people that I am currently working with that have a message that they're working on. So let's, let's just go to Rob for a second. Rob is writing to people who have served time in the military. And he has a very particular message about coming to understand this brotherhood and this honoring and this community and this way of growing. His story is beautiful. It's, a, it's actually a compilation of stories, but the, the wholeness that he is stitching together and making into a book, I love sitting down and reading these, and then getting together with Rob and working with him on his stories. It gives me joy. Now, do I have any background in the military? Uh-uh. Do I? I can tell you I, I grew up in San Diego as a child, and so we were in an area around, you know, Top Gun and the Navy SEALs. So I would I would see the planes, um, above that we're doing practice and things like that. But did I have any real uh, contact in that life? I really didn't. Did I have anyone helping me to have some sort of growing appreciation around the military? I, I really didn't. I was raised in a conscientious objector family style. So I really knew very, very, very little about the military. But I can tell you that Rob's book, while it will attract people that have been in the military, it also attracts people like me, who have not been in the military, but who appreciate a great story and who love community building and who love the language of um, kinship and how we, in, in these really dire and sudden experiences in life, we build incredible bonds. So while we could say that Rob, the writer, is focused on his stories from the military, we can also say that the the themes that are growing out of it and the roots growing from the seeds of his stories will attract others. It, it's more in the broad sense. It attracts someone like me that loves community, 
even though I've never experienced it as someone one-on-one in the military. It attracts people like me that loves kinship, even though, again, I've never experienced it in the military. It translates to other things that I've experienced. And that makes me a reader of his book. It makes me someone who is excited to come to the smorgasbord of this bounty of story that he's putting together. You could kind of think of the smorgasbord as the place where people offer their book, I almost said reviews, and that's not the word I mean, their book readings. When when you author a book and you then bring the self-published book to bookstores or you go through a more popular book house, publishing house, and they distribute it to bookstores, you then go on a mini tour or a big tour and you give readings at bookstores. Now, you could think of that as the smorgasbord. You're going to see people show up at your book reading that you've known half your life because they know your story and they love your story and they love what you're up to and they're so excited about your book. Then you're going to see other people that look familiar to you and you realize, you know, I think I think that person over there is related to my dear friend. I think I met that person over there at a wedding. Can't quite remember. And then you'll get into conversation. I'll come back to you and you'll find out they've been following you. You met some time ago, but they are one of your followers. You're also going to meet people that just happen to be stopping by the bookstore And what you write caught their attention. They decided to come in and join in and hear what you're all about. You're also going to find out that there are people that are so attracted to your topic and you've never met them before. But they're there and they want to hear you speak. And on and on and on. These are the people of the world. This is how it works. You don't have to make it your goal to reach the people of the world. What you have to do is decide that you're going to write your book. And when you decide you're going to write your book, you put systems in place so you get the mentoring you need, you get the time booked on your calendar that supports your writing style, you get focused on what you really want to talk about. Again, I can't stress enough, you get the mentoring you need. You're going to find that while it might not be your goal that your gift is a book, is a, that your book is a gift to the world, might not really be your goal. It is the result It's what's happening. You're not controlling all the people that come and find out about your book. But different people in different degrees of attachment or separation are learning about your book. And they're coming. And they want to know what you're doing. And this starts the circulation of your book. This is what makes your book a gift to the world. I was telling you just a little bit earlier that I offer a retreat. And I also want to tell you that I'm offering a very, very expansive and wonderful program to people that would like to have a retreat included in that program. And you don't have to pay one nickel extra to get it. I've decided to put it on offer for this upcoming retreat because I have just a couple seats available 
And I really, really want people to take up those seats and join us. So this is how it works. In 2022, and if you've checked your calendar, it's just right over there. In 2022, I'm going to be full steam ahead with people who have decided, and this may be you, people who have decided that they want to write their book. This is my master level program, and it will include bi-monthly live coaching sessions with me and the other people in the community. It will include one-on-one 90-minute sessions with me at the rate of almost every month. It will include a writer's retreat where we start by relaxing. We start with luxury. In fact, the whole thing is about luxury. Just wait till you see your room. It will also include plenty of workshop material, all kinds of bonuses, and it will include an opportunity for you to come right here to the studio and share your book idea with the listeners and spend a full hour with me in the studio talking all about your book. This is my master-level writing program. We will be deep in it in 2022, but I've decided, if you know this sounds great for you, I would like to welcome you to the October 14 and 15, 2021 retreat. This will be the kickoff for you And from there, not only will you not pay one extra dime to be in that retreat, but you will also have a full-on two sessions that follow that retreat and just sort of bridge you into 2022 when the master program begins. So I'm really excited about this. If you would like the details please write to me at askcoachdebbie at gmail.com. That that email address, it's spelled D-E-B-B-Y, askcoachdebbie, D-E-B-B-Y, at gmail.com. And just say, I want to know all about the writing program. I want to know all about the retreat. And I will send you all the information. You can look it over, make your decision. I'm really excited. This is something that, honestly, I just thought it would have to wait a couple of years. I I thought, you know, in the time of just being on the heels of <sighs> deeply involved in COVID, how could people commit to this? And what I found was that one person after another has been saying, You know, the more I've stayed at home and have committed to my writing process, the more I want to go deeper. And so I just feel called and invited to do it now. (laughs) I really want this, and I want it for you if it's speaking your language. Write to me at askcoachdebbie, it's all one word, at gmail.com. And Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. Because when your book is a gift to the world, what's really important is that you set up the time for your book. And notice I was talking to you about Stephen King. He likes to go on these, I'm just going to call them tangents, where he writes six, eight, ten hours in a day. But that's his style. Want to know my style? I try to do it on a daily basis. Sometimes I take Sunday off. And I set my timer for 30 minutes, and I go for 30 minutes or however long after that I choose. It took time to get this rhythm going, but now that I got the rhythm, I'm telling you the truth. It's as easy as eating a piece of chocolate cake. It's something that I crave, It's something that I enjoy. It's something that I do because I love it. And there was a time when I did not have this sort of relationship with my writing. 
I felt angry about it. I felt mad that I had a job that really, if you want to know, I had to write for the job. I just didn't have time for my own writing. And I really put my own thoughts in my way. It was a teacher that helped me set the timer for 12 minutes and get this process going. And here I am years later feeling really good that not only do I have a process, but I know how to lead you through it. This is how you create your gift to the world. You get in process. You say yes to mentorship. You claim the focus of your story. Maybe you go on retreat with us. Maybe you invest in a master level writing program. But you say yes. You stop the fighting. I say fighting because I know what it's like to fight with it. I know what it's like to feel really agitated, like this thing is never going to happen. Do you guys all know my story of how I kept my memoir under my bed and sometimes tucked away into the corner of a room in a big old Tupperware? All these pieces of paper, all these notes, all these ideas, all these pictures, all these scattered ideas around a memoir. And I just kept telling myself, someday it'll happen. Someday I'll get to it. Someday it'll matter. I do not recommend that. It caused me pain. It's not, it's not a productive way of doing things. So if you know your book could be, is, wants to be, desires to be a gift to the world, why don't you get in touch with me at askcoachdebbie at gmail.com. Let's just get the ball rolling for you. All right, we're getting ready here for our next break. When we come back, I have a letter for you. I don't remember who this is from, but just give me a minute to find this. We're going to talk more about how your book is a gift to the world. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. Walking your talk? Take us with you. The KKNW app makes streaming our programming easy on your phone or tablet. Welcome back, my friends. We're talking about your book today. Mm -hmm. This book could be the one that's on your desk that you are working on. It could be the one that's under your bed that you're not working on. It could be the one that's in your head that you dream about working on. You know what? It could even be your printed, published book that you hold in your hand that is inspiring you to write the next one. Did I tell you that one of the most wonderful things that could ever happen to a girl just started happening to me? This... um. This came as a complete surprise, but my, I think you know, I, I fulfilled a master level life coaching program in 2013. It was a couple year program that was based out of Hawaii and was the student to Ram Das. And it meant so much to me to be a member in the program to get all this one-on-one support, to be certified. And it gave me a vision for what I wanted to do beyond teaching at the college. I think a lot of you know that I experienced so much joy working with college students. But what I found as an associate professor was that 20% of my time was really about being with the students. And about the other 80% of my time was more admin and what we call general education goals and 
all this stuff that honestly, I didn't feel like I was a genius at. I felt like my best spent time was with the students. And I wanted to do more of that. And I I had a big heartbreak over the thought, just the thought that I might not stay at the college. So 20 years after first stepping into working at the college, I walked away. But what I did in the latter years of being there was I enrolled in this master level life coaching program with a teacher who had been a student of Ram Das. And so uh, his name is Alan Cohen. And for many, many years, he taught from Hawaii. And he is a, a very famous Hay House published author. But just recently, I received an email from him where he asked if I would basically join his editorial team while he is completing what I think is something like his 26th or 27th book. So not a brand new writer by any means. And I've probably read six of his books to date and loved them and purchased them and given them to my students. But to be on his editorial team is just an absolute honor. And to sit across from him and have him trust my commenting is an absolute honor. But you know what else is beautiful? Is to just be in the process of him bringing an idea from his head down to the page. This is something I love. I love helping people understand that what they've been thinking up as it travels from your thinking down to the page, it's, it's going to take on a life of its own. It's not always going to be exactly what you thought it was going to be as a finished body of work or a finished book. You might have dreamt it up to be one way, and it, it captures 80% of that, but then something else as your writing comes to life, and you go, wow. Oh, oh, oh. And you can't really do that. You can't really get to that huge spark of what the gift is if there's nobody sitting around telling you what they love about your creation. Now, I would like to think it differently. I would like to think that you could just go off live in a hovel, and a week later, after staying up all day and all night, have a book. But it doesn't work that way. And I know I'm not the only person who thinks that way. So I only have a paragraph of this letter, but I want to read you the the meat and the bones of something that was sent to me a little while back. And it really touched me. When Michelle says, What my real problem is, is that I don't see myself as an expert. You use this word a lot on your radio show. How can I go from thinking of myself as just a part-time writer to being an expert? And Michelle, this was an excellent question. It was something that came through while we were actually live on a different show, and I didn't really have the wherewithal to work it in. But I think it fits really well with what we're talking about today. Today, we're thinking about the fact that your book is a gift to the world. And if you're buying in on this idea, my book is a gift. I like that. Then, subconsciously, you're buying into your own expertise. You're buying into the notion that what you've decided to write about you are an expert on. So what I want to tease out here is the thought that experts have been at it for their whole life. Maybe they have, but maybe they haven't at all. I want to tease out the idea that traditionally we think experts have loads of awards behind their name. 
Maybe they do, but maybe they don't at all. I have won national award as an editor. One. I think it's one of the greatest things that ever happened. I have won. I could probably go to a conference tomorrow and sit next to someone who has 10 national awards. But you know what? It took my expertise to get my one award. It took their expertise to get their 10 awards. I'm not going to sit there and think I'm inferior to this person. I'm going to know that there was certain things that I became great at that earned my award. And I'm going to own that. And I'm going to enjoy that. The old Debbie, the Debbie in the 1990s, she wouldn't have had any thought about that. Mm -mm. No way. She would have walked into the room. She would have found out exactly what everybody else was an expert at. She would have reviewed what she's an expert at. She would have felt inferior. And she would have turned around, sat in the back of the room, kept her mouth shut. And you know what, Michelle? (laughs) I hope you're listening today because my thinking is that somewhere between that story I just told you about sitting in the back of the room and the story about really feeling like an expert, not comparing yourself to others, my guess is you're feeling into some place in the middle. Might not be directly in the very, very middle, but you're probably wondering, but what makes me an expert? Well, look at what you've done. Let's just say that your book, because you didn't tell me what it was about, so I'm going to have to just grab at something. Let's just say right now that your book is about dieting. So do you have to be J.J. Virgin, who is one of the greatest people that understands dieting? No. You don't have to be her. Do you do you acquire expertise by only having one thought about dieting? Mm, I think you have to be further along. So where are you? You're somewhere in the middle there. Why don't you write down what you got going for you around your topic? Maybe you could say, well, I know I have some expertise around dieting because as a child, I knew nothing and I had to learn so much as an adult. So there's one thing. I also know I have some expertise about dieting because in college, I majored in nutrition. It was a two-year degree, but still, I majored in nutrition. So now you got two things. Maybe you could say, I know I'm an expert about dieting because to date, my company has led 50 people through how to overcome their diabetes. Ooh, is that you? You don't have to have 10 million people following you. If you've got 50 people that have overcome their insulin, oh, what do you call that? Uh Uh-oh. See, you know the word because you're an expert. Is it called insulin resistance? Is it called insulin sensitivity? I don't know, but there's a word for it. If you've helped a handful of people and you know how to do it, not only are you an expert, but you're at the next level. You are niching. Mm -hmm. You are really focused in on an area where you can help people specifically. And when you have an expertise and you've moved into something specific, you help them quicker. You help them use their dollars to the best that they can. While I'm talking to you, I'm just going to ask Eric to tell me how many minutes we have left with his fingers so I can see if we have time to take one more question here. Oh, we have 10 minutes. Good. So, Michelle, this is how you claim your expertise. You start to list out what you know you can do. And this is you thinking about what you have done well. It's not thinking about what other people in the room have done well. It's not thinking about what other people in the room say that they want to go in and do. It's not thinking about 
what you have always wanted to do well, but you've never done well yet? What have you done well? Where are you the expert? And I bet you, as you start to list those things, you're also going to notice how it is that you are ahead of being an expert and you're also able to niche your expertise. See how that serves you. Mm, There's another thing I wanted to share with you all today on this topic. Oh, good. Okay. It's Andrea. Andrea wrote to me because she, being a mother of two, has never found time to write her book. And she said this, again, just an excerpt, but I think you can follow along. It's been seven years since I finished college, and my oldest child is six years old, starting the first grade. I am very hopeful that this will be the year I start, but what if it's not? What if I go back to having another year where I don't get started? I've been feeling completely overcome with not only guilt, but but I've been completely overcome with not only guilt, but the possibility that this will never happen. I think she means this book. I really need someone to give me inspiration, but to also lay down the facts of how you transition from a busy life as a mom to an author. Okay, so notice that uh, the name Andrea is really specific here, all right? When you know you have a book idea that is a gift to the world, you are on your way to bringing it into the world when you can get specific. So there's a couple of things I want to point out to you in that excerpt. One, Andrea knows specifically what her dilemma is. Her dilemma is it was long ago when she did all the training. She has children that she must attend to, and she's very worried that here comes another year when it's not going to happen, okay? So she's really specific about her own dilemma, but she's also specific that this needs to happen. When you can do this, when you can see that there is a bridge, I'm going to call it, there's a transition that is, um, maybe you don't know what that transition is, but you know it must exist. It must be there, or you wouldn't have gone through all the training to get to this point. You wouldn't still have the thoughts keeping you up at night that you want to write this. You wouldn't be writing to a coach that offers a weekly show about it. You know that seed is growing. You can see the growth. You can see the plant. You're starting to wonder, when will I see the blooms? There is a transition from where you're at to getting that book out into the world. So I would say, start today. Start by setting that timer for 12 minutes, even the busiest mom. Even the busiest mom can set a timer for 12 minutes and say yes to her writing. You might have to wait for the kids to go to bed. You might have to set the alarm so that you're up earlier than them. You might have to hire a babysitter for half an hour time. I mean, I know they're available and commit to writing for 12 minutes, 25 minutes. You have content in you. The longer you postpone starting, the harder it is to start. I say this with a lot of experience starting many, many of my own writing projects. It's important to start. If you were here a couple weeks ago and you heard John David Mann and I sitting here talking about his recent book, one of the things he shared was that the whole genre is this book being fiction, being based on someone else's story, was totally different from him. 
he felt confident and prolific in his own genres of self-development and combining that with memoir writing, but he did not feel like he knew much about writing a, a thriller fiction piece that was based out of a true story. That kind of intimidated him when he began, and he has a history in publishing. It is intimidating, but the lesson is the sooner we start, the sooner we're crossing that bridge of transition. We're going from being embedded in the life of, it's not the right time, I don't know when to start, I don't know how to get going, and we're on the bridge walking across toward my book is a gift to the world. You have to start that bridge. And sometimes it begins with seven minutes, 12 minutes, maybe even 30 minutes a day. But I want you to commit to starting. If you're someone who says, this is my time and I want to have a mentor, I would love to talk to you about those opportunities. You can get in touch with me at AskCoachDebbie at gmail.com. Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y. AskCoachDebbie at gmail.com. Just tell me what's on your mind, like Andrea did, like Michelle did, and we'll figure out what's best for you. That's all we have time for today. It was a joy to spend this hour with you. And until next Thursday, namaste, my friends.